Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. <clears throat> I am your host, Larry Morrison, the financial shaman, the alchemist. Here to guide you through these new realms that we are exploring together. I was thinking about alchemy, why I call myself that. Alchemy simply means taking something from its lowest point to its highest point. For the lowest perception of something to the highest perception of something. Right? Or shifting an emotion from shame and fear, low vibration to high vibration of unconditional love. Ultimately, I call myself an alchemist because I shift conditional love to unconditional love. People say lead into gold, but that just means something of low value to high value, right? If we all agree that lead was more important than gold, it wouldn't be shifting lead from gold, would it? So in that sense, what I'm talking about is taking money from this thing you slave and struggle and strive for, making it God, to making you God, and money serve you and your purpose. Money's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. So that's why I call myself an alchemist. I'm taking this thing that is literally dominating the minds of human beings all over the planet and making you do very ridiculous things for it. I did too. And shifting it, alchemizing it from this thing you struggle and strive and strain for to something that serves your highest purpose and you becoming all you're meant to become. So what are we going to talk about today in that regard? I don't know. I don't know. It's just called to talk. Hmm. What's fascinating as I do this work with people, I notice something very interesting. When you break the chains of bondage around money, and people start to realize, you know, I undo trauma, undo, like I said, alchemize limiting beliefs around money, perceptions, broken neural pathways, wounding, you know, broken hearts around money and anything. But typically people start coming to me for money and then that shifts into relationships or health or whatever. But it's all, you know, we start with money and we get people more aligned with the abundance frequency. And then they realize... At some point, it starts to sink in. Oh, yeah, there is always enough money. But then, immediately, what you notice is, it's not just money keeping you in your cage. So, for those of you who don't know, there's a study done on abuse. Okay? And this story is going to sound fucked up, but it is true. You can Google it. The story of the three dogs. 
Actually, it was more than three, but it's three separate groups of dogs. And yes, they did, they did abuse dogs, okay? So what they did was, over a period of time, a couple months, 60, 90 days, they took relatively young dogs, right, that hadn't been broken by humans or anything like that, and they did this thing called, uh, what do they call it, cage, no, uh, crate training, which is a, which is a <laughs> nice new age spin on just saying caging the fucking dog, but okay, so they did this crate training, right, they had these three groups of dogs, and they separated the groups, right, one group of dogs we'll call group A, they fed and nourished and played with and loved on, right? They did all the unconditional loving things you would do to something that you want to treat well. The group, the next group of dogs, group B, they fed but never played with. They didn't love on them, but they fed them regularly, make sure they were fed and had water and all that. Group C, if you can already know where this is going, these are the ones they didn't love. They fed irregularly, if at all, starved them sometimes, and yes, abused them with uh, cattle prods and sticks and things like that. Okay. Now, so you have fed and loved, just fed, not loved, and abused. All right? So what they did then is after a couple months of this sort of thing, they took them out to the wild, a, a, a pasture, you know, wide open spaces, a forest, right, where they would be free. Group A dogs, they opened the cage, gave them a little prod, and the dogs went running off into the wild. They were set free. Even though they were loved, and fed, they ran free. They saw their opportunity for freedom and left. Group B, just fed, not loved. Same thing, open the cage, give them a little prod, they run free. What do you think happens to group C? Group C, the abused dogs, they open the cage, wild open, straight open pastures, freedom right there. They give them a little prod, the dogs go back into the cage. They do not run free, they stay in the cage. They are so afraid to be hurt again, that even though their freedom is right there, they don't run free. This is what happens in the mind of an abused child. They stay in the abuse because they believe that it's worse out there in their freedom. Because all they've known is abuse, they now believe that this is a hostile universe and it's going to be worse out there than what they get in here, in the cage and the beating. Welcome to your life. Welcome to the life of every human on this earth, unless they've done a lot of work or <laughs> Or, I don't know, born indigenous or something like that. 
what I mean by that is your ego is the abuser and the one keeping you in the cage by telling you 10,000 times a day how, pe- how much of a piece of shit you are, how worthless you are, how you don't deserve what you want. So, even though I break the chains of bondage with money, actively with people every day, once those chains are broken, then the actual, the, the actual bondage shows itself. But you have to st- in my opinion, this is where I start with money, you don't have to start with money, I start with money to get that one out of the way, and then the, the real f- abuse shows itself this morning i was coaching one of my clients and we've done almost all this entire work about undoing her bondage around money she knows there's enough money that's not the fear anymore but what stops her from following her heart are the abusers in her life and so one by one we've started to i've given her the tools to stand up for herself and say enough is enough and cut out the abusers in her life by creating clear boundaries and enforcing them. And what's so fascinating is even though you know she has all the money she needs, because all we all do, she's still terrified, or rather her ego is terrified to stand up to her boss who's an abuser who literally belittles and manipulates and is a complete narcissist. Doesn't care about her or her life, only cares about him getting what he wants from her, which is having control over her. So once you break the chains of bondage, of money, then you get to see who your real captor is. Obviously, it's your ego. But you get to see, once you wake up and go, oh, right, I can do anything I want. Oh, right, I do have enough and the ability to follow my heart. And I do have the ability to shift seeing me as a servant of money to seeing money as a servant of me. Then you go, oh, but what are my parents going to think? This client I'm talking about has a narcissistic, abusive mother that's still in her life. And she said to me yesterday, this morning, I, when I was working through her trauma, what came through was a suggestion to take a break from her mom. And the, the immediate thought that piped up was, when I said that, she told me the immediate thought that piped up was, well, she's going to be so mad. And then the very next thought, because we've done so much work around this, the very next thought that showed up is, well, she's going to be mad either way. Because she's constantly unhappy. She's a narcissist. She's miserable. So then she got to see the old neural pathway of, I need to take care of my abuser. I need to stay in the cage. Remember always that if you have empathy or are a strong empath, you're a child of abuse. 
the empathy muscle is always created in this day and age. It might be different in the next generation, or we don't have to create it through abuse, but it, in this day and age, it's created by abuse. Here's what we mean. When you're abused, you become hyper aware of everyone's moods, energy, and emotions so that you can spot when someone's upset and either soothe, which is what most people do, they try to soothe the abuser before the uh, 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 abuser gets violent. That's where empathy comes from. So if you're an empath, you're abused without question. Again, maybe in the next generations, maybe in the younger generation, it won't be that way. And there might be uh, uh, some strong empaths out there who aren't born from abuse. But for now, if you're an, abuse, uh, if you're an empath of any sort, above the age of 20, you're abused. You were. That's how the empathy muscle got strengthened and become hypersensitive to everybody else's moods and emotions and energy. Here's the problem. No one knows that this sixth sense of empathy that has been developed was first and foremost meant to get you away from the abuse. You're supposed to be able to sense it like an animal senses a hunter and get away that's what the empathy was first originally designed to do. It's a defense mechanism. Not to sue the fucking abuser, to get away from it. Not to go back into the cage, but to run free from it. But since, A, the abused child is almost always... Almost always. I wasn't in denial. Eh, I can't say that. Shit, I can't say that. Uh, almost always, the defense mechanism is denial. The ego keeps you in the cage and denies, oh, this isn't really abuse. I see this all the time. Any violence whatsoever is abuse. All you have to do is Google. Google emotional abuse. And see if any of that sounds like your parents. Like, break this, this, this bubble, break, break through this bubble of denial. And take a look. I was emotionally abused, physically abused. Not very much physical abuse, maybe about four or five times. But the thing was, those four or five times were cemented in my memory, in my subconscious, and now there was the threat of physical violence almost every single time my father was upset. Or every single time, pretty much. Unless we were in public or something like that, but I still wouldn't put him past him, put it past him and slap me if, uh, if he wanted to, you know, in public. But anyway, so... First and foremost, the empathy muscle was strengthened as a way for you to get away from abuse. But since no one teaches you how to use empathy, most people will go toward the abuser and try to soothe them. Then, since you're so used to abuse, it becomes familiar. And now people being kind to you, like opening the cage, is strange. And people being abusive to you is familiar, so you go toward that. Children of abuse are the only adults 
that could possibly be abused because it's familiar. So if you see an adult in an abusive relationship, whether they be man or woman, it's because they were abused as children. It could be no other way. A child who was unconditionally loved, group A of dogs, unconditionally loved, fed, taught proper boundaries, given the proper wherewithal to stand on their own two feet, would immediately see abuse and shut it down. Either leave or shut that fucking shit down and say that's not okay. That's how a well-adjusted human would react. But children of abuse would stay in the cage. And what's so fascinating is after you break through these tons and tons of onion layers of money, then you see the truth. The, the people are comfortable with their cage because that's what they grew up in. They're comfortable. Even though they're miserable and really sad, unhappy, depressed, anxious, whatever. All of the time, it's familiar. And the change of the unknown is scary. And that, my friends is something a shaman comes across, a financial shaman like myself comes across, more often than not. People come to me for money. We do a few things on money. By week two or three or four, doing a 12-week cycle with me, we're already into the abuse. Because people start to shift and go, yeah, I could do anything. Why did I think I couldn't? Oh, right. Because I was group C, I was a caged, beaten animal. So when I say, one of the ways the ego sabotages us is by sabotaging the relationship or situation most likely to help us. There's a lot of people out there who don't want to work with me. And I don't mean that they have to or anything like that or they're stupid not to. <clears throat> I mean people that know what I do, hear what I do, see the results in the people in either my testimonials or the people they know and love and still refuse my help. Fascinates me every time. I mean, I literally am saying, I don't promise you ever more money, but that's usually what happens. But I don't ever pro promise that I promise that you feel better about money by working with me. And even though people could be stressed out of their minds about their finances, they'd stay in the cage. I come, open the cage door, say, come on. And what do they do? No, I'm good in my cage. Thank you. Okay. This is not a <clears throat> sales pitch to come work with me. I don't give a shit if you do or not. Some people want to, and I say no because my heart says no, because either they're not ready, I'm not ready, our energies don't align, whatever. But this is not a promotion for that. I'm just saying, let's look at it a different way, don't, without me. How many times have you seen this happen? How many times have you seen this played out in, some, in one of your friends? Your friend, sweet, nice person. 
looking for a relationship. You set them up or you go to a party or they meet another sweet, nice person and say, no, there's no chemistry there. And on, you're looking at it like, they're amazing, you're amazing, what the fuck? Then your friend, sweet, nice person, says, oh, I found someone and he's a complete dick or she's a complete bitch. And you're like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Children of abuse. Someone being sweet and kind is unfamiliar to them. They're the they're they're group C. This happens all of the time, and you know it does. The question is, where are you doing it in your life right now? Where are you doing it in your life right now? Staying in the cage. Believing the ego that whips you. You don't deserve someone sweet and nice. You deserve the fucking asshole that no one wants to be around. The narcissist. Because that's your father or that's your mother. The... This didn't happen to me, but I watch it all the time. You have one parent who's a people pleaser, which means they're super sweet and loving, unconditionally as possible. Then you have the narcissist, because narcissists attract people pleasers, and people pleasers attract narcissists. So the only people that can put up with their shit are people who are already in cage C, or group C. Right? <clears throat> and what happens? The father that abandoned you, or beat you, or treated like shit your whole life, you strive to get their love instead of going toward the person who unconditionally loves you. Instead of being like, fuck that dude, or gal, or whoever hurt you, you go toward abuse and away from unconditional love. That's brainwashing at its finest. Where are you doing that in your life right now? Oh, there's this amazing thing I want, but I'm going to stay doing this fucked up shit that I don't want. And if you're in a transition period and you're working on yourself, I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to show you. This happened to me yesterday. I saw where I was and where I wanted to be, and I, saw, and I started to get uncomfortable with the gap. Like, man, it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> on myself, not work, like, st uh, struggling to create. But, like, it's going to take a lot of me evolving, you know. And sometimes when you look at the gap, you get frustrated. I did. I do. <sighs> so if you're in that transition period of, of unloading your baggage and loving yourself and growing your strength to stand on your own two feet to probably st to possibly stand up to abuse or at least what you don't prefer <clears throat> or want and for your life and you're in that transition period right i get it you see where you're going you're growing you're evolving that's what happens this is what's going on with my client right that i'm talking about she's in the transition period so it doesn't look it's not like you flip a switch and one day you're just it's the speed of nature, right? <clears throat> so, I get it. 
But my point is, are there any places that you're in denial about right now? How do you know if you're in denial? It's a little different than how you know you're brainwashed. You're in denial when any other perception of the situation upsets you than the one you have. Here's what I mean. You believe your dad is a hard man to be around, but ultimately a good guy that wants the best for you. Someone else brings a, a perception like, um, this is borderline abusive behavior and you get upset. There's another situation. You love the people you work with, but you hate your boss. You even love the work, but you hate your boss. He's belittling, or she is demeaning, cuts you down, undermines you, makes you second-guess yourself. At any time, someone says, well, there's another job offering doing the same exact thing with more money, and you can work remotely right here. Nope. No. I love this job. No. You get super upset or depressed or anxious. If you feel negative emotion from another perception and get upset, that's indication that you're in denial. Why do I say that? It's real simple. The truth is never threatened by untruth. If you believe one plus one is eight and I believe one plus one is two, I don't give a fuck what you believe. Believe it all day long. It doesn't upset me. It just makes me laugh at you. Like, uh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let me know how that turns out. But I'm not upset. If you want to bring me a belief system that's like, that's, you know, super racist, I'm going to be like, that's retarded. But go ahead. As long as you're not violent to anyone. Violence isn't okay for any reason. But if you want to believe that, you miss out on all, whoever your race is again, you miss out on all that culture and life and love. That's on you. Again, as long as you're not violent, go ahead and believe that. It's ridiculous. It's one plus one is eight, but okay, go ahead. It doesn't threaten me. It doesn't upset me. It may be a little bit sad that you want to cling on to racist beliefs or stupid beliefs. <laughs> but if that's the what, you know, if that's the life you want to create for yourself, then go right ahead. Again, if, as long as there's not violence. Or crosses any boundaries, I should say. It doesn't cross anybody's boundaries, then that's fine. So, if you're in denial, though, the ego is using... Denial as a defense mechanism to keep its singular perception of the situation intact. And remember, you would only be upset if you were aligned with untruth. Because again, the truth isn't threatened by untruth. So if you're threatened by someone else's perception, you're aligned with untruth. Because if it doesn't cross any boundaries, isn't everybody allowed to believe whatever they want? 
Now you do have to recognize if you're triggered because someone's telling you you're wrong and your conditional love not good enough shit kicks in. I know a young girl who is, if you even imply that she's wrong, she shuts down. That's how much of an abused child she is. She's so scared of being wrong, she petrifies. And has real, real trouble making any decisions for herself. It's unfortunate and sad, but it doesn't threaten me. You know, I just have to learn ways to communicate with her. If I want to. But, point being, where are the places in your life where you're going toward abuse, toward back the, go, going back into the cage, instead of towards your freedom? Again, if you're in a transition period, don't... If you're working on yourself and getting yourself out of the cage, don't, don't take that to heart as far as, like, don't take it personally about, oh, where you need to be. It's not, nothing like that. I'm talking to the people who are still in the cage and don't even see that the door is open and are going back into the abuse. Where are you in denial? Chances are, if you haven't sufficiently talked and connected to your heart and talked through all the places that need love and healing, there's going to be some denial in your life. Like, when the people, this only happens, it might happen again, I don't know, but this happened one time, I was doing a talk on money, um, on spiritual money like I do, and someone got upset and was trying to argue that scarcity is real, and I was just like, go ahead and fight for your limiting beliefs, I don't mind, it doesn't make my world any different, but she was completely upset. No, scarcity is real. (laughs) No, it's not, but okay. Go right ahead. As long as you don't cross my boundaries, hold on to that belief. It doesn't serve you, and it doesn't serve you not to look at the other perception, but okay. Go right ahead. Truth isn't threatened by untruth. Ever. Where are you in denial in your life? Where are you going toward the cage instead of away from it? Now. If you're a child of abuse, which would be the only reason why you're going toward more punishment and abuse. What you have to do is you have to look squarely in the face of... Are your parents, either of them, separately... The type of people you would spend time with if they were strangers. Look at their character as if you never, you never have to spend time with them again. Are they the type of people that if you met them with their exact personalities but in different bodies with different names, are they the kind of people you would want to spend time with? Yes or no? If you say, well, I... Well, I'd love to spend time with someone that's like my mom, but not like my dad. It's kind of an asshole. That's something you need to look at. 
I met someone just like my father, except in a female body. And I was like, I know this. You're a narcissist. I can recognize this. I can't get a word in edgewise. You make me feel shitty about everything. You only talk about yourself. You're never wrong. You never take responsibility for anything. You make everyone else miserable around you. I know this energy. I remember. I grew up with this. I don't want to be in a relationship with you at all. Or I don't want to be friends with you. I don't even want to be around you. But you have to look at that honestly. Because... So many people, especially children of abuse, are so in the cage that they think, well, I have to be around them because they're my parents. No, you fucking don't. No, you fucking don't. That is not a sufficient reason. Remember, how do you know you're brainwashed? One of the four major reasons or ways you know you're brainwashed, if you cannot reasonably explain why you believe something and show no evidence to support your belief that's brainwashing i have to be in my parents life because they're my parents why explain it to me because they're my parents is not a reasonable explanation especially if they're abusive You do not have to be in your parents' lives and they do not have to be in yours. Any blood relative, period. Yes, on a soul level, you chose them as parents, but understand that if you're abused, you're choosing to stay in the cage by keeping them in your fucking life. No one, no one in your life is not there by choice. Your choice. You have the power to choose every single person in your life. Now, you know, you can't choose to have Jason Momoa be your best friend, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you can choose the people you want in and out of your life that are in relation to you. But do not think for a second. Do not buy that brainwashing that says, because they're blood relatives, I need them in my life. You don't. Period. As I've already said, the Ten Commandments were fucking brainwashing bullshit. They're all nonsense. It's all conditional love. Respect thy mother and father. Respect, A, doesn't mean that they're in your life. It can be the most respectful thing to, to remove them from your life. Notice how it doesn't send children or parents respect the children? Putting your parents' wishes above your own ensures the brainwashing and no evolution taking place. You realize this, right? If you're supposed to constantly listen to your parents, how does evolution happen? How does the child evolve 
to not pass down the bullshit. The opposite way would make sure evolution always happened. <coughs> Think about that. Parents, you do what the child wants. <coughs> or parents, the child has more wisdom than you do. <coughs> Respect it. That would make sure you evolved. And we evolved as a species. Because children naturally are smarter, faster, better, stronger than you are. Look at technology. What if it was you always have to use your parents' technology? There would be no new innovation. Unless it was by orphans or something. There would be no new innovation. <coughs> no, it's opposite. The kids... <laughs> Adapt and learn the technology super fast. I was around a three-year-old who knew how to work YouTube like it was better than I did on the phone. I was like, holy crap. <coughs> I was scrolling through and finding kid videos that they liked. And it was just like, what the fuck? It was amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. Where oh, this cough's coming from? Probably from me yelling. <coughs> You have to take, <coughs> oh, maybe I take a break, hold on. <coughs> Get this cough under control. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> when I hear someone say to me, when I, when I ask, you know, they tell me about their abusive parents that are still in their life, I say, why do you keep them in your life? And they say, oh, it's because it's my mom, it's because it's my dad, you know what I hear? I hear a child. <coughs> And I, when I ask, hey, why do you like Blue's Clues? Because. No, I get it, but why? Because. Can you further expand and explain that? Because. That's what I hear when I say, because they're my parents. A child who doesn't know how to reasonably explain why. And a child who's too scared to leave the fucking nest. Because they are group C. They are the abused child of group c a well-adjusted adult i love this line from jonas salk he says a, a good parent gives their child roots and wings so a well-adjusted young human who's been showered with unconditional love and is ready for the world will see the open door the open cage or their graduation from high school and be ready to run to the freedom run to the free will run to creating their own life Grateful for their parents. The caged animal will want to stay. <clears throat> I came across this yesterday. I can't say it was the first time I've come across it, but it's the first time I put my attention on it. One of my clients is a child of abuse, a abusive narcissistic father and a very sweet loving mother. But the sweet loving mother is obviously a people pleaser and under the same brainwashing that she handed down to her children. What's super fascinating about that is I had to ask this question, same question I'm going to ask you. If you grew up in abuse with one abuser and one person who let the abuse happen, First of all, 
if you see abuse and do nothing, it's the same as being the abuser yourself. Because you allowed it to happen. You knew it was wrong and allowed it to happen. That's the same as being an abuse abuser yourself. Period. <clears throat> so, I had to ask this question of the, the sweet mom of my client. Do you believe that your mother handicapped you so that you would come back as an adult child and be subterfuge from the abuse of the father to the mother? What I mean is, <clears throat> this mother had four children. And all of them are rotating, as adults, rotating back in and out through the house to where the mother never had an empty nest and was never alone with the abusive father. She never had the empty nest syndrome, even though her children are in their 40s and 50s. <clears throat> she handicapped them instead of dealing with her own abuse and leaving the father so that they would always come home. She didn't want to give them wings. She clipped them. Because she was too scared to stand up to the abuse herself. Obviously. She let it happen. <clears throat> so. <sighs> Denial's a bitch. <clears throat> How do you think little old ladies get scammed by Egyptian princes? They get hooked into the imagination, right? Oh my God, it's like winning the lottery. I can't believe this is happening to me. This is amazing. The manipulator paints a picture in their imagination and the manipulated person gets hooked, which means they attach to the fantasy in their head. And all those good feeling emotions that come with that attachment. The good feeling emotions are there to let you know that yes, you do deserve everything that you want. But then as soon as he says, well, hey, can you just send me a few hundred bucks? Even though I'm a magician prince, my money's tied up in fucking oil and blah, blah, blah. And these accounts are frozen and all this other horseshit lies. <clears throat> Then the negative emotion shows up to say, hey, you're believing a false belief. This guy's taking you advantage of. But you want to get back to the good feeling. So you're like, yeah, yeah, no, here, take it. Yeah, whatever. I'm just so happy to be your princess, blah, blah, Like, what the fuck? That's not a well-adjusted adult. That's someone whose use manipulation is familiar. No one ever taught them how manipulation works and why someone would do it. That's how much we're in the dark ages emotionally. You can scam an old person. I thought old meant wise. No, and it's not the senility or the, any of that. It's the fact that they literally don't have the same tools psychologically that we do. This is why respect thy mother and father is a bunch of bullshit. No, respect evolution. Fuck that. Fuck that. 
I don't respect what came before me. I appreciate it. But I do not automatically respect old people. I don't automatically respect anyone. I respect the soul they are. And I show respect to anyone I meet, for sure. But I do not automatically assume they're wise or better than me or any of that shit. If they're older than me, typically, unless they're constantly evolving and growing, they're outdated. They are outdated. Now, yes, I've met people older than me that are super sharp and wise and, you know, uh, some of my mentors and people that constantly evolve. I've met those people, but I also have seen those people reach a certain age and stop growing. Even though I'm like, don't do that. They still do it. Everybody wants to get to being done. I don't. I never want to be done. Ever. Anyway, point being, you have to really look Are your parents, individually, the type of people you would spend time with today in different bodies, different names? And if you say no, why the fuck are you spending time with your actual parent then? That you said no about? Why are you inviting abuse in? Why are you staying in the cage? Be honest with yourself. Do they show you as much respect as you show them? Respect our mother and father. What, what a bunch of bullshit. I hate commands. Commands and rules do what? They make you follow the command or the rule instead of your heart. You serve another master if you're serving the rules. Always follow your heart. Always listen to it too. I don't want to be around this person. So you don't have to. I don't want this. No one's forcing you to. Where are you still in the cage? Where is denial messing with you? Denial is so strong, so powerful, it can even affect your visual perception. I always think about when the first ship came over to the Americas, the natives couldn't see it because they had no frame of reference. That's how strong their denial was until the men were literally walking on the shore. They couldn't see it. That's why it's so funny when people are like, oh, there's no such thing as aliens. I'm like, how would you fucking know that? An infinite, literally infinite vast universe and there's no other sentient life? Come on. That's scarcity. You think God stops creating at some point? No. That's just humans thinking in the center of the universe. But literally an alien could walk right past you because you have no frame of reference for it. It'd be invisible to you. That's how strong denial is. 
This is why it's so important to get in touch with your emotional guidance system. This is why it's so important to understand how negative emotion works because that is like having a second set of eyes. A godlike set of eyes on your life. When you don't listen to negative emotion or you drink and drug it and numb it away, suppress it, you're denying a part of yourself that is trying to communicate with you and say, stop that. Why does, what does this have to do with money? <clears throat> you might be thinking. It has everything to do with money. Just like I said on my last podcast, work is slavery. If you grew up abused, chances are you're a working person. They abused you into the cage and now they keep you there. I was watching this um, show, movie, whatever. This guy had split personalities. Right? One personality was, of course, calm, confident, handsome, and very sure of himself. And the other was a bumbling kind of fool who was super insecure. What's so fascinating was when he was the insecure idiot, he attracted abuse. People made fun of him, talked shit. His boss treated him like crap. When he, same being, as far as his physical form, when he switched to the calm, confident, no one talked shit. No one even came near him. It was like, that would be a dick or or abusive in any way. You could sense that this wasn't going to fly. Right? That's why this is important. You're going to have people that try to take advantage of you, most likely, in business or in work or in life. And the more you work on yourself, the more you connect to your heart, the more you call that shit out, and the more those people don't even come near you. No one brings, no one is even remotely abusive to me. Not only because I have very clear boundaries about it, but because I have very clear boundaries and I've removed all those people from my life, the universe knows not to do it. And even if it does, I'll be like, nope, bye, just like a well-adjusted kid, just like cage A or group A. You shift with all this inner work back to sure of yourself, connected to your heart. And it's like kryptonite to abusers. People who are sure of themselves and secure in who they are, abusers even come near you. They go for the people pleasers. They go for the low-hanging fruit. They go for the ones who are still in, K- in Group C and K in the cages. They don't go near people that wouldn't take that shit. When it comes to money, if you're so insecure 
about money, that you're doing things you hate to get it, you think it's going to come in mass quantities to you? Is that what you think? You think if it comes in mass quantities, it's not going to leave you right away because of your insecurities and fear and worry? Just like a lottery winner who's broken three years? If you were to look at money as a relationship, as a human being, what kind of people are attracted to insecurity? Other insecure people, sure. But abusers. And so, in this way, you make money abuse you. I have to go to work, Larry. Otherwise, I I starve to death. Okay. Then watch as money perfectly erodes your little cage. And shrinks it to the point where you go insane. Because one way or another, the universe is going to break you down. to evolve you and the, the more you cling on to that cage the more it's going to snap your fucking fingers off of it and the more painful it's going to become I'm showing you the door run free you might as well face those challenges than the ones that you're going to have to deal with in the cage I hope something I've said has helped you here today. I know I got aggressive there for a little bit, as you can tell. I'm dealing with some of this in the people in my life. Going toward abuse, going toward the cage, pushing away someone like me who's unconditionally loving and supportive and can be their biggest help out of the cage. Push me away, go toward the abuser, treat him like he's walking on water. Fascinating how strong denial is. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Because if this podcast helps one person, ideally two people so it could spread, but if it even helps one person, it was worth it. And I know it's helped me. So remember always, we are unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what. We're different cars on the same road, different trees in the same forest. There's flowers in the same field. I say all that because what affects me affects you. On the larger, grander scale. We're different cells of the same body. I'm communicating to you what I've learned. So that you don't suffer as much. In the body. But the most important thing you'll ever hear from me. you are unconditional love and the more you contemplate it the more you contemplate the reason I know everything that I know or whatever it's not you know the reason that everything comes through me in the way that it does is because I've spent more time than you contemplating the unconditional love of source when you realize source's love is unconditional And there is nothing you could ever do or say that would stop you from being loved to the fullest extent possible. 
you start to see the brainwashing. Be gentle with yourselves. If you see your own denial today or in the future, be gentle with yourself. You didn't know. If you see yourself going back in the cage, be, be gentle with yourself. Because remember, what keeps you in the cage is your own shame. People shamed you into staying. So you cannot shame yourself to correct the behavior. That doesn't work. Beating yourself up won't help. It'll only make you feel bad. You have to be gentle and love yourself. Gentle but firm. Gentle and kind and ideally lighthearted but firm nonetheless. This behavior is not okay, but I still love you. Good journey, my friends.